This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by NatureBox, a delicious snack subscription service. Visit naturebox.com slash thumbs for 50% off your first month. April 23rd, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 156. I thought it was 55. I think it is 55. I it's usually... April 23rd, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 155. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Nick Brickin. And Sean is not here because he's sick and dying. Oh. It's too bad. This is the week of sick and dying. I was people, sick though. and dying yesterday. Do you think people would like it if we talked about how you barfed twice? <laughs> Would they I mean, like it if we talked about how I you barfed like on the it. Muni and on the Bart? Is that what our audience likes? Oh, you likes hit the both picture? services. I didn't realize that. I thought it was just the Bart. Sean no, heard both. Sean heard that and was and we're like, oh god, Chris is just not coming in today. He's feeling so bad. Then Sean was like, if I was Chris, I would take Bart to the ferry building and get on a ferry as fucking fast as I could and see if I could hit that. <laughs> the triple crown. Yeah. Get on Caltrain. Just how many? Uh-huh. How many SF like right. SF Bay Area has? So many goddamn competing public transit right. opportunities. Yeah, get to that, the East Bay, get on AC Transit. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Barf take on the, the Sam take Trans. Take Transit train. up to the Marin Headlands. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Muirwood Shuttle. Get a cable car. <laughs> barf on an accordion bus and a regular one. I don't know. I was enamored with that as a kid. Like, as a kid where you think that cool public transit stuff is cool, a trip to San Francisco just meant... You would see a ferry with like a bar going over the top of it and an accordion bus like mm-hmm. uh, as the cables come mm-hmm. off the electric bus, as a train goes by, as Caltrain goes by. It's pretty good. You could barf on all of those. <laughs> as um, an adult. I don't know if I like this conversation. <laughs> That's what was happening off screen. You, you were enamored with that, I was, with that picture, that was but like, then in actuality, was running barfing just nonstop. It's ambiguous as to whether or not Chris is holding in the barf because he doesn't want to barf, or if it's because he has to get to the next way to use his clipper card to barf in something. So this was happening when you were a kid visiting Kevin. Yeah. And also to a child yesterday. So anyway, for people who have aversion to barf stories, welcome to Idle Thumbs, a barf podcast. Yeah. I guess we're going to talk about video games. Yep. They make me want to barf sometimes. Nick. No, I love them. Did you guys play any games? I played Hitman Go, and I hear you played that as well, I also Chris. played that. I think Jake played yeah. it, too. I only played a little bit of it. Uh, right. I guess we did talk about it a little bit last week. Uh, a second. We did? Like half a second. We talked about its existence, I think. Yes. Did we? Yeah, we I, talked about its existence. <laughs> I don't know I if we did. I don't think I had played it yet, though. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I just started playing it. Well, you guys talk about what it is first, and then I will, and then I will explain my motivation to continue to play it. Besides the game being good, Hitman mm. Go is a mobile. Uh, it's stuff. the latest Hitman game. It's the newest <clears throat> entry in the Hitman series. Yeah. Yeah. It's got a new engine. 
it's it's, it's got features god unlike other hitman games they're going for a really stylized look with this new hitman yeah um, 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 um oh yeah so hitman go is a it's a mobile game developed by ubisoft montreal and it's hitman branded but like and, and you it, play as the hitman. You play as hitman yes. from hitman uh, but, <laughs> or agent whatever hitman he is Jones. i prefer to call him hitman yeah um but it doesn't like it's more just that they designed a like a new turn-based stealth game. I'm sorry, a mom is saying, "Whatever happened to Jumpman? Now kids just want to play as Hitman." <laughs> <laughs> well, I like that mega guy. <laughs> well, it's just his primary verb was jump, and now it is hit. Whatever, whatever happened to Pac-Man? Yeah, I remember <laughs> packing that, it in. I remember that was. I sure I mentioned this on all thumbs like four years ago, but I remember seeing a like Fox News report where they were talking about. Like, whatever latest violent video game kind of controversy of the week it was. And one of the anchors on this, like, just garbage Fox News panel show was this woman who's just like, I don't understand these video games. What happened to (laughs) Pac-Man? As though that is, as though, like, Pac-Man's absence is why GTA is, like, now. Whatever happened to please and thank you. (laughs) Weird. That's please <laughs> whatever happened to please and thank you oh thank you Rhonda. sorry just incorporating <laughs> as many sarcastic pleases and thank yous uh as the sandwich around someone asking why those phrases are no longer used yeah. anyway uh yeah whatever happened mm. to pac-man that's when the yeah. news set flips around and there's four guys playing pac-man championship edition mm-hmm. on right. a modern console yeah take that fox hitman go hitman go uh so hitman go is a it's a really like cleanly designed turn-based stealth mobile game that is visually treated as though it were a board game. So like all the characters in it are on little circular um, bases and they're all static. Like they're not animated except in the way that an they actual sort of slide around. is yeah. where they sort of slide around and like tilt back and forth and stuff. When they get um, surprised, they kind of like hop a little bit yeah, or something yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when the guard pieces see you. It's really cool. Uh, it's really, it's a really, really nice, elegant design. Um, it's, it's, we- so I like the game a lot. It's weird to me that it's a Hitman game. It's not weird um, that it's a Hitman game because it's a property that Square Enix owns. So, I mean, sure, they make a mobile stealth game and it's a Hitman game, unsurprisingly. But, like, the thing that is both cool and odd about it is that to me, it doesn't feel in the slightest bit like what Hitman feels like to play. Wow. That's really interesting. I was going to say that that is exactly not the case. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. So I'll, Weird. I will lay out my case, and sure. I want to hear your response. Mine is a very it. short case, so yeah. Oh, well, go ahead then. My my case is that it does feel, when I'm playing it, like I'll make the first move, realize that wasn't the correct move, and then restart again. Make, <laughs> make four moves, restart again. Make six moves, restart again, because I know I'm not optimizing yeah, in the way that Hitman mm, makes me do that when I'm playing like right, because it's a, Because it's a turn-based sort of puzzle <clears throat> game, you don't have the ability to just let it get sloppy. You instead right. just get killed. Or yeah. you realize I'm fucked. Right, and a lot of the objectives are finished within 22 turns, and yeah. so I realize halfway through, oh, <laughs> this is not a run, and then I go back and, you know, yeah. So. So, okay, so I totally understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. But for me, the reason it doesn't <clears throat> feel like Hitman is because it there's no value in waiting. Like, in Hitman, it's a real-time mm. game, and it's th- real-time 3D, and... Well, you can't wait, actually, yeah. 
Or you in can. In this game, you can't. Like, in this game, it's yeah. impossible to wait. Every single turn, you have to move or do something. Right. Like, it's right. The, the enemies don't move unless Although you move, you right? you do yeah. have to sometimes jump back and forth. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you can stall no, by using yeah. a But move. there's no such thing. Yeah. So there's, like, plants you can hide in in this game. But hiding in it is never lasts longer than one turn because as soon as you're inside of it, the very next thing you have to do is move outside of it. And so you don't get that thing you get in Hitman or a lot of other 3D stealth games, real-time stealth games, that is, where you're just sitting there letting letting everything happen and letting guys, like, pass by you. Um, mm. That's a thing that you just can't do in this game. And that, to me, is, like, the way, at least the way I play Hitman, is really, like, core to that experience. And also um, the, like precise nature of the turn counts where it's like as you said you know some of the some of the mission objectives the optional ones anyway are things like complete this in 22 turns or less and i'm pretty sure those are mostly tuned to actually just be the minimum possible turn a lot of count. them are yeah um which and that is just a thing that i like there's a general version of that in hitman where you're trying to optimize your playthrough in a traditional hitman game i mean but a real-time 3d game never feels that optimizable for me like it, you know what i mean it never feels optimizable yeah. down to unless like, you're speed running the li- well sure right right but for a normal <laughs> yeah. person like me yeah um it never feels optimizable down to the literal quickest route through a thing mm-hmm. um but anyway it not feeling like hitman to me is not a negative point because although, i think this game is super fun right although i will say that um that is that actually does feel like i don't know that actually did make me think of hitman games in the sense that there is there isn't an optimal number of like there's an optimal time limit in a Hitman mission, but there is an optimal series of events that you can do. Or sure. at least, like, it feels like Hitman levels are ultimately puzzles, and you can solve them in different ways, but there is, like, definitely, most of the time, an optimal way to do it, or at least the way that the game is intending you to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, put the mask on, go down the thing, yeah, do yeah, this yeah. particular... So it did, It did. I don't know, I, it evoked that to me. Sure, but. that's that's totally fair. And, like, I think <clears throat> probably our different reactions to this may just have to do with how we play... Hitman games because I will in a stealth game. This was also true for me in Dishonored. Like I will quite frequently, instead of restarting a level to get the optimal thing, I will just keep sitting there for like ten more minutes. You know Mm, what I mean? Like if a thing goes wrong, I'll still try and and like rescue it. it (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas in Hitman Go, it's just point. There's no point to doing that. Like you might be able to start over. Well, I, I actually do though. I will say that I do like the fact that you can complete a mission without adhering to that 22 turns or 20 yeah, yeah me too my first run i usually don't care about yeah that. I, I don't give a shit about it which is great it's <laughs> nice that you can just play through the game and then go back and optimize it to unlock the next yeah. series of although it is super satisfying when <clears throat> in a single run you get the like you get all three of complete the, yeah. badge the like under x number of turns badge and the like no kill or whatever the other yep. objective is that's and i like that a lot of the missions have a no kill um like optional objective i like all the optional objective stuff i end up I end up not progressing until I've completed until all three objectives a, for every level. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, the, the thing that's cool about this to me is that it feels like the development team was given the mandate of, like, make a mobile stealth <clears throat> game with the Hitman license and then almost no other yeah. branding guidelines. Because it's very it, different than the Deus Ex mobile God. game. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I also am going to talk about. Okay. Because I also played, which is also Man. an Ubisoft Montreal connected mobile spinoff of a console franchise. You know what's weird too is this game is clearly based on blood money. Like the it's, Abe- not, it's not only cl- like <clears throat> it's not only Yeah. This is the thing that I wanted to talk about for oh, two seconds because it's just yeah. it's I started playing it and the first thing that I did was leaf through the very opening screen because I like just exploring uh-huh. the UI. Yeah. And 
each sort of collection of of there's a bunch of sort of submissions inside of one large theme. Like the first one looks like it's set at a tennis club or something like that, mm-hmm. or like a posh mansion. But each each box or each collection of levels is inside of a board game box. Oh, in the yeah. but if you slide That's through right. all of them, every time you that. complete missions, you uh you get I guess arbitrary complete tokens, and if if you have enough. If you've completed enough objectives inside of one sort of cluster, you can open the next box and start playing through the next set. But the fifth set of them, yeah, is specifically just says uh, it's like it's just it, what is, is it inspired called? by, or is it just yeah? It says <clears throat> curtains down eight levels inspired by Hitman Blood Money. Yeah. So the the final you have to complete 145 missions to get that, but that's the thing that I want to play oh, yeah. because no, I want I'm to going see to do that. Yeah. Missions that I played through in Blood Money, <clears throat> abstracted down into this, and just see because I'm yeah, sure yeah. They're, they're gonna there's just it's gonna be right. cheeky as fuck, but it's also gonna be cool. Yeah, I don't know. One of the uh, final missions just oh, man. has like, almost yeah. that's my next one. Oh really? Oh wow. Yeah, I, that's the end of the game. This is a long. I know, uh, and, and like there's a ton of content in this game, like yeah. for a mobile game especially. Yep, uh, yeah. Like I've I'm on the fourth. Um, world you know whatever it is fourth like mission pack and i feel like i've played a ton of these missions yeah um it's you it's, had to have played at least 90 to unlock that pack i think if they're each worth one maybe they're maybe you i think they each might point. be worth three because you get three points <clears throat> for beating yeah all it's, three. A, it's oh. a point per objective yeah oh i see yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah sorry you're right yeah um yeah i know you said the game looks good but it looks really good i would say it looks, looks really super good, good. oh <laughs> Um, no, I really, really, really like how they rendered this stuff. It, it it's packaged like a board game, but the actual aesthetic style of the game is closer to like an early '60s architectural, yeah, uh, uh-huh. like where it's like, like a model. Here's yeah. what your mansion will look like. It's yep. built out of foam right. core and little like right. little trees on sort of sections like that can fake be taken green out. sandpaper yeah. glass, yeah, or yeah. grass, and we can open up yep. the things, and all the little people look like. Yeah. The little like miniature figurines that would be in like a scale model of Disneyland, Disneyland. or something. Yeah, I was gonna say Disneyland. Yeah, totally. It's which that's is, exactly what it is. Which it's makes so... it all really fun because it like <clears throat> it keeps a really cold and distanced aesthetic, even though it's all sort of. It would be very easy to say, "Oh, it's like a board game," and then accidentally make it look very cutesy. Right. Whereas this looks like it doesn't look militaristic, and it doesn't look soulless, but it definitely looks like suave and detached mm-hmm. which i think is good because it all actually seeing the little figurine of the hitman inside of it actually tracks really really well aesthetically like it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah really for well sure done. and on that on that note like a thing i kind of appreciate about this game and this is um partly relevant because this was made by um the studio that made the most recent hitman game and not blood money, you know what I mean? Which is interesting in the context of what you guys are <clears throat> yeah. saying about this game feeling like it's sort of modeled after blood money in a way. Um, but I like that this game doesn't really bother fetishizing the violence. Like it's purely a, it's like a tactical affair. Like there's no, yeah. they, they do a kind of goofy little, when you, when you move onto an enemy space to assassinate them, if it's your goal, if it's your like actual mission target, it does the goofy little like, time ramp down and mm-hmm. kind of zoom in a bit but it's but there's but it's just your knocks another it's guy like a over. chess move style like yeah. your piece going over and just knocking over the other piece like there's no it's nice to be playing a game based there's no garroting wire or anything yeah there's no yeah. or like like it's yeah sick like kill animation where a throat is like slit in the most badass way like there's none of that and it's just it's kind of nice to be playing a game <clears throat> 
with this theme that doesn't. So you're not just upset get... that they're not they're not acknowledging the repercussions of the representative action of this game, Chris. <laughs> well, so I mean, why doesn't it show the? Sorry, I'm just saying, like, because the thing is, were they to do that, there's no way it would be good. That's that's what I'm saying, right? Like, the, the games, like, if a ga- like if a game wants to like show you all the sick blood and guts that are going on when you murder a guy, like, I don't, right. I feel like it needs to earn it, right? And most games don't actually earn it. It's just yeah, stupid. no, you can you can picture the horrible version of this game where it's still the same isometric maps, uh, and it's still turn based, mm-hmm. but. Hitman is just sitting there, like, doing a sweet, like, fighter game breathe idle where his yes, hands totally, are sort of right. moving around, and yeah. the guards are, like, yeah. looking like they're angling for a fight, and then yeah. when you move, they all do, they're like, where'd he go? Walk animation right. and stuff? Oh, yeah. that'd be so bad. Yeah, right. but that's what I would have oh, expected, that's, because that's, that's what exactly always, what the game that's I what it always though. is, right? Yeah. Like, that's right. what's so impressive about this, is they just... Or the wacky cartoon shitty one where everyone is drawn to look like Cartoon Network, right. and then when Hitman <laughs> I mean, jumps on a guy, you hear... Poof, poof, and like right. the smoke yeah, comes yeah, out yeah, and yeah. like yeah. a tweeting bird sound plays right as he's dragged where it's away. like hitman kids yeah oh yeah. man hitman another kids. weird hitman thing hitman that kids yeah. happens also i guess flintstones I mean, kids was a real thing according yes. to yeah, a million people who tweeted at us last week flintstones kids appeared show, in mo- there were multiple things i think only one of them was called that but there was a show that was about uh bam bam and pebbles <clears> as kids and teenagers there's also one where all of the flintstone characters are children like muppet babies mm-hmm. it's bad times yeah. yeah there are apparently several of these brand extension yeah mm-hmm. anyway uh, but i just i just <laughs> like that they man kids i like that they didn't take the obvious aesthetic route i mean you know it's just nice it's sort it's, of refre- it's really refreshing to play it makes sense from both a production standpoint and from just an audience standpoint totally but no one ever does it's one of those things it's one of those things it is a no-brainer when you think about it It only makes sense now that it already exists though. right whereas right. when they were in the meeting where someone's the like, obvious this thing game is the, is the this was probably a fucking bold pitch oh yeah took a lot of fighting i bet that the wacky like fight animation and cartoon beat em up examples were probably either there's an animation of that on somebody's hard drive. yeah someone yeah. after <laughs> that up or at least yeah. someone said why don't you make it like this and then everyone in the room right. went it sort of like shuffled around awkwardly and then changed yeah. the subject but Man, I yeah. don't know. The, p- the it, pitch it, is, we don't have to animate the guy doing the thing. <laughs> we could save money. Yeah, but you say that, but it's weird. People don't like. So no, I know. that I doesn't know. sound. That doesn't sound like like whatever Edgy. the in- internal like whatever <laughs> yeah. the industry term is for the AAA yeah. mobile game. Like, yeah. Well, so like a, a funny the, thing about that, even on the development side, like I guess this actually makes more sense the development side. But um, you guys know stacking, right? From yeah. Double Fine, yeah. Lee, Lee Petty's game. So, like, I, I think that game is beautiful. I think that game is... It's one of my favorite-looking Double Fine games. I just really love how it looks. And the animation is all super simple. It's all um, these, like, two-piece, um, like, Matryoshka dolls that just animate by, like, opening and closing in like expressive ways. Like, their leg ways. half and their head and chest half. Yeah, and, yeah. That's, and that's it. And uh, Lee, I remember, was telling me one time, it was actually really hard to, like, staff that team with animators because it was just not as exciting mm. like or at least not perceived to be as exciting right. to animate that stuff as compared to animating like you know a Nobody's quest character or like an iron brigade character or something um but like to me the end result is incredibly expressive and like incredibly charming and full of character and beautiful but you know it kind of makes sense like for someone who's like yeah. a hardcore video game developer it's like well that just doesn't seem as cool and i can imagine on a game like this mm-hmm. running into similar 
you know, resistance. Right. Um, where it's like, well, we could be really pushing this. Like we've got a whole team sitting hardware, here. All they want to like, do is do like, look at, think about it. Yeah. How cool a takedown we could do that. No one has ever seen on a on red mobile. iPad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. But like this ends up being an incredibly like clean and powerful and expressive, um, art style. I think I really like this game a lot. Yep. Yeah. I need to play more of it. It's cause like I want to get, bucks. I, yeah, it's like five bucks. I really want to get to the blood money levels. And I know also, Sean has been playing it because I guess everyone's been playing Hitman Go this week and he wants to talk about it next week too. So we might talk about it more. I really, because I hope at least some of us get to the blood money levels because that's the thing that's just yeah the weirdest part where just the surface level, well, your memories of Hitman will collide yeah. with their complete mechanical reinterpretation that, uh, that is to Chris not at all evocative of Hitman. So it'll be interesting to see what I that, mean, just, like, what is it? Just hearing the Ave Maria at the end of a level. Yeah, that was, was yeah, like, that was whoa, a nice touch. what? Yeah, yeah, yeah crazy. Yeah, cool. Blood money uh, is a thing. Weird. I can't believe they based it on that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's really no, cool. It, it is cool. Uh, yeah. You know what else is $5? The Last Express is $5. People should probably Oh, is that on it. mobile? Yeah. Yeah, there's an iOS yeah. Last Express. Cool. I, having played a mobile game, I sort of looked at the App Store again for the first time in a while and uh, noticed that that was there and bought it instantly. It, it works seems really like well. that would be a good fit for that platform. It works really well. Like, they don't, it's not widescreen. You just hold the phone straight up and down. I guess, I don't know what the aspect ratio What the heck? Pick. It's weird. Wait, but if it you're works pl- well. So if you're playing it on a modern <clears throat> iPhone, <clears throat> that is 9 by 16. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. I mean, I think there what? is some space at the top and bottom, like but For UI most of it. Yeah. Most of it is yeah, strange. Which is weird, but it works because that game is very ver- it's a train, you know, frame. Yeah. So it actually like the door frames weird. fill the you know, the view. It works wow. pretty well. That's bizarre. Um, yeah, you you drag around with your finger to, you know, move the view. It it works pretty well. I was I was surprised. It's also on iPad though, which I think would probably be the optimal. Yeah, that game came platform. out at 4 by 3 Yeah. But the preview here looks like it's a landscape. Thing. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it is on iPad. It might be on iPad, but on iPhone it is wow. not. Wow, so the, these pictures No, the preview, are... it's because the preview is done the way a bunch of stupid App Store previews are, where they make, oh. they, they compose full screen images, but if you look, those are actually those three are, uh, vertical screenshots. Yeah, right, hilarious. Right, right. Cool marketing, guys. Wow, this came out a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. There, actually, there's. A this lot came of, out in 2012. There's a lot of border space, but yeah. the, they put the UI at the top or the bottom, rather. Huh. Oh, I can see that. So it's kind of like yeah. a square. It's basically a square well, I bet, centered. I mean, we can go into this a lot, but yeah. I bet that it's because it was built for the iPhone 4 and below, which were mm. um, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. not 16 by 9. I mean, it must yeah. have been because this came out before <laughs> iPhone 5 was even out, I think. Yeah, yeah. it works really well, though. Um, that uh, was when Jordan Mechner was on his iOS roll, apparently, because didn't Karatika come out for this yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although I'm not a fan of like achievements popping up in the middle of the Last Express, it's not Ooh, my favorite yeah, thing. That's a bummer. Um, but oh well, it's cool that it's there because it's a really good game. And if people haven't played it, we probably talked about it a thousand times, but it's worth yeah. checking out. Do you want to just? I mean, since you brought it up, do you want to just very quickly explain what it actually is? Um, it is a uh, like a I don't even know what style you would call it. It's, it's a, a first person it's adventure, adventure game. game set in World War One era. It's like right on the eve of World War One. Right on the eve of World War One. Yeah. Um, on the Orient Express, it's... and you play as a guy who. Um, I, I think it's just like call like he's he's there to like just for a meeting or something. But then he finds a dead body in his room, and there's a huge plot of intrigue that takes place. But the coolest thing about it is that it is like a um, it's built on a real time clock, and the game just plays 
out as you walk around inside of the space of this train. Right, and so... Like, AI agents, like, NPCs walk around doing things in the same patterns that they would it's, it's interesting throughout every playthrough, but that you can change what they do based on what you're doing. This it's, game it's is, is an old PC, like, early CD-ROM game, like, missed 7th Guest Journeyman Project era. Yeah. yeah. So, all the things that are being described... Imagine that they're all taking oh, place in still frames like Mist, where you click yeah. and you move to the next frame, except right. that characters right. also frame by frame can move autonomously. So, like, when right. you find the body in the trunk in your car, if you don't do anything about it at all, mm-hmm. eventually, like, a constable will come by, find it, right. and you'll be arrested. Right. They're all on patterns, but you can change those patterns based on progressing yeah. through the plot. There are, like, there are, like, 20 or 30 endings to that game, but... um. Yeah, it's good. I mean, like the animation is rotoscope. It doesn't look like any other game, or yeah, at least looks very like crazy, few other like, games. Art Nouveau it's, stuff. From, yeah, it's yeah. really, really from the era when the game is set. I mean, <clears throat> it's cool. Yeah, we've talked about it, but just sitting in that dining car and listening to people talk on a just you know on a track, it's it's really interesting. There, there aren't. I don't think there's another game quite like it. Nope, it's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's what iPhone games are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hitman Go and The Last Express. Yeah. Did you want to talk about the Deus Ex game? Or um, Do you guys want to take a break? Oh, we could. Sure. Let's take a break. <laughs> it's the most dubious break tone. Video games. Thanks to Loot Crate for sponsoring this week's episode of Idle Thumbs. Loot Crate is a geek and gaming gear subscription service for... $13.37 a month, which what? is a notable price. <laughs> uh, they send you a box of basically just of miscellaneous stuff that's related to geek culture. It's uh, They say each box has at least $40 worth of, of sort of miscellaneous items in it every month that are themed around various just sort of like geek and gaming properties. Like they sent us a sample box that contained uh, – that was like I think – Dragon themed, which means yes. that it had some uh, like Skyrim, Game of Thrones, yeah, hyper stylized yeah. figurines from those things. It had a couple D20s, it had like some jerky in it. Um, it was it dragon jerky? Yes, it was dragon jerky. Nice. Um, and they they say in the past they've done uh, boxes containing Star Wars themed stuff, Marvel themed stuff, The Walking Dead, uh, Nintendo. I saw like a uh, Minecraft and general space themed ones. Mm-hmm. Um, this sort of thing isn't really isn't really my thing, at least at this point. Like, I, I'm not the sort of person to put a ton of stuff on my desk. But I know from working in the video games industry that this is definitely a thing that a lot of people are super into. So, it feels like what you would get at PAX. Yeah, like it yeah. makes up for not it's, having. It's the sorts of things kind of that you can that you can pick up from a lot of different exhibitors at at like super specific expos and things like that. But you can get it through these guys, which is pretty cool. But if you go to lootcrate.com slash thumbs and enter the code thumbs during checkout, during checkout, you'll get 10% off of any subscription plan they offer. You can get just this month or you can buy a few months and they'll send you a bunch of weird dorky stuff. Loot Crate. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Video games. You almost popped your peas. No, it's, po- it's pooched. The pooching has nothing to do with it. Mm. I never pictured you as glasses wearers after listening to the podcast. Me? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. What you just said. I, I, I always sort of pictured you like taller. And Nick, you kind of look how I expected. Jake, I thought looked like Big Bird. <laughs> but I didn't think of glasses on anyone. Maybe Jake wears glasses. I meant. <laughs>
for the first time at mm-hmm. a thing the other week, and she looked at me, and she, the first thing she said was, "Oh, I expected you to look like a troll. <laughs> like, I expected you to be a troll. <laughs> I thought you'd be like some kind of troll baby." What? I was like, I was like no. Wacky content that goes in between the ads. Video games. Thanks also to NatureBox for sponsoring this episode. NatureBox is a delicious snack subscription service uh, that delivers all kinds of treats to your door. Um, we have been eating these for the last <laughs> month or so, as you know. If you've been We've been living off the last two episodes. I, yeah, today I finished the last of the... Um, uh, seaweed rice pops and the uh, mandarin garlic peas, which were among my all-time favorite Nature Box <laughs> pea treats. Well, pea and pea-shaped Nature yes. Box treats. I feel like we're going to have to re-up on this thing because uh, this is what I eat before we record every podcast at this point. Um, Chris will die. You can yeah, customize I'll- your Nature Box plans, have them send you whichever treats you want um, on a monthly basis. And if you go to naturebox.com slash thumbs they'll give you 50% off your first month although they are delicious we have advised Chris to not try and subsist off of naturebox peas alone (laughs) so naturebox.com slash thumbs thanks guys for 50% off correct video games should we talk about viscera cleanup detail for for even a minute yeah go for it I don't have to say because I haven't played we're back oh my god we're back whoa Whoa! Jake's really excited. Let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, are we are we back? Yeah, yeah we're back. back. Okay, we're totally back now. Whoa, you did it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I haven't played enough of this. Oh, here, hold on. Let me preface this thing that I'm about to talk about for a second on the back half of Vital Thumbs by saying I haven't played enough of this yet to talk about it in full. <laughs> oh, weird. But um. <clears throat> Viscera Cleanup Detail has been in Steam Early Access for at least a little bit. I know we we played a stream we played it on a stream months ago. I don't think that was Early Access. I think that was a de- standalone downloadable, wasn't it? Yeah, it's now on Steam Early Access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we, that was just like a, a, a test release almost. It was like right? a there was a concept kind of. Yeah, they weren't. I don't even think they were necessarily planning on turning it into a. Yeah, yeah. Like Viscera, like Viscera Cleanup Detail now is in the process of becoming a full game. <clears throat> Um, for those of you who didn't watch the streamer who missed us talking about it ages ago, the basic premise of it is, um, in, you know, first person games are all about space Marines and like, I guess, weird heroic people who aren't space Marines, but are also on spaceships who fight a bunch of aliens and who die and get blood and guts all over the place. Uh, and in this game, you play as the guy who goes in and cleans up after the scientific experiment has gone wrong and after, like, the SWAT team goes ripping through. So you have um, a mop. You have a machine that can emit fresh pails of water. You have two hands with – two rubber-gloved hands to pick yeah. things up and put them in buckets. And you have uh, – Incinerator. Yeah, you, you have an incinerator and you have a little device that can tell you if an area is, in fact, clean. Um, so – all that you do is go around, mop all the blood off the floor, but you can't mop too much because your mop gets dirty and starts leaving streaks and making the floor dirty again. So then you've got to go and put it in the water. But if you put too much dirty stuff in the water without wringing it out and getting a fresh pail, the water does not clean your mop. Um, you have to pick up limbs and guts, put them in buckets, 
dump them in incinerators. Um, if you walk through blood, you leave bloody footprints that you have to clean up. Also, in the new version of the game, you can buy... There's like a little vending machine, and you can buy like a cutting tool, which I'm not quite sure what that's for. You can buy a first hmm. aid kit, which implies to me that your guy can get hurt, but hmm. I haven't gotten hurt. You can buy caution floor slippery cones to put up, uh, <laughs> and you can buy a couple other things. Um, it's a strange game. Like It seems like it's the game equivalent of, like I think it's Norway has the, the TV craze where they'll just show a five-hour-long train ride, and that's like an incredibly <laughs> popular television program oh, yes. there. Yeah. Like, this game is kind of that because there's not at least in the levels that i've played so far and at least in the state the game is now there does not seem to be a clock there does not seem to be i mean i'm sure at some point there's a performance evaluation but i've not ever successfully cleaned anything up but it's just kind of it's calming and also aggravating the way that an actual cleanup job is mm -hmm. i guess like well there are moments of in the broad strokes you can yeah. lose yourself in it but then once you're like Really trying to get it done. It's infuriating. There's constantly just a tiny little additional thing. Oh my god! That needs to get done. The number of times that I've gotten a room so close to clean, and then I accidentally knock over the bucket of blood <laughs> and just go fuck, and then just immediately you, the mop can either uh, it can sort of push to clean like a just scrub, but it also has like an aggressive hit, which I think is for getting stuff high up on the walls. But it's also <laughs> mostly. For when you knock the bucket over and just become infuriated and start <laughs> smacking it all over smacking the room and just bucket. putting blood everywhere. And then you go, ah, ah, and look around and realize the room is a fucking mess again. And then just go, ah, get a clean bucket of water and just clean up your mess of a yeah. mess. Um, there is something kind of amazing. There's like, this game has this constant up and down, um, like triumph and despair to it. Because when you get like a portion of the room in your immediate view, fully clean, it's like incredible because you've been so desensitized to this like shitty looking bloody right. garbage. And then suddenly it's like, Oh my God, this is like what it's supposed to look like. And then you just look 30 degrees to the left. And it's just it's fucking just shit and garbage. Doom everywhere. three is yeah. sitting there. <laughs> yep. It's a disaster. Yeah. Um, when we played it on the stream, there was just one level and there was just the bucket and the incinerator and they've added all those other items and they've like, there's green slime that's harder to clean up and does other weird stuff. Like there's scientific equipment that you can knock over. Um, but the notable thing that we found when we were playing it today is that there are multiple levels, one of which is a zero-gravity level, which is just the best because it opens yeah. up into the same sort of like sci-fi crime scene situation, but it looks like it's out of gravity or out of that one scene in Star Trek VI. <laughs> I think it's Star Trek VI. Like yeah, where the blood goes Yeah, where the all the Klingons yeah, die yeah. and there's just blood globules floating yeah. everywhere. Yeah. There's a thing like that in one of the Dead Space games as well, or maybe all of them. Yeah. <clears throat> I never played. I've not played a Dead Space game yet, but yeah, I guess the, it cl very closely models zero G Dead Space sequences. But now you're floating around very majestically, but your hand reaches out and just goes and grabs a Chinese food <coughs> container, which you throw into an incinerator that's bolted to the ceiling, yeah. or you try to hover the bucket of water in space as you put the mop into it, which inevitably just spills all the water everywhere and does nothing. It's it was. We only played that for like ten minutes, but it was so graceful and it actually yeah, felt like a science fiction zero gravity scene. But then everything is just fucking physics flapping all over <laughs> yeah, the place. It's like you'll bump smacking, into a bloody leg yeah. that's floating in space that then just smears along a wall and you're infuriated. The thing that is also in this game that we haven't tried yet is it supports multiplayer. 
What? What? What's the multiplayer support? Whoa! Is this multiple janitors? You can have everyone out? on what? shift cleaning up the same space. <laughs> you can host shit. the game and have <laughs> multiple How have we not janitors? done this? Wow. Um, oh, I don't know. We got. We need to do we it. We should get. We should get. Yeah, we should play it. Obviously, like we should probably try to actually set stream up a stream it? where we all do yeah. this. It makes you wonder how quickly it will devolve into someone becoming the foreman and not doing a whole lot of work, but just like they're like, <laughs> my value in this game is being the guy on point who's telling everyone what to do, which actually just means that you've talked yourself into the cushiest job. Right. Like, it's gonna I'm be- on lookout, guys. Uh, cool. We're all <laughs> that, having a leg smear on the wall. <laughs> that thing already... that already exists though in multiplayer games right where, like yeah but in the game where everyone's a menial fucking shit i know shit. i know i'm just it's gonna be sean that, <laughs> oh, that man. person is it's always gonna run the, the crew oh, it's, it could be me very easily yeah that's multiplayer true. community yeah um i mean if they actually if they go the route of pre-tf2 team fortress 2 uh, and actually allow someone to be like if you, if you could be the foreman that would be the most hilarious of all jobs <laughs> because right now you have all these different tools so I, I when I heard there was multiplayer the thing that I thought would be really fascinating and shitty would be if instead of the is this room clean detector you as the foreman just got uh, a thing that showed everyone else's clean detectors and whether or not their assigned spaces were clean so you could just berate people if you, if, <laughs> if you had a device that would let you inspect and grade other people's if you stuff. could also do something like um, pick a player and then like paint or lay down a volume in the level that mm. like in that player's view puts like a semi-transparent overlay yeah. over the parts of the room that they're supposed to clean. So like everybody has right. If the former's like you've got corridor F, yeah, 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 and then you're like, okay, fine, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That'd be if good. you rotate foreman by round, you could maybe make that work. Yeah. Or allow the player to just come in ahead of time, throw blood everywhere, and then just like <laughs> walk away and say, "This is your challenge." Well, that was the thing that seemed like it would be the best would be if yeah. there was TF2 viscera cleanup detail, but it yeah. would actually first say upload a demo, right? And right. it yeah, would yeah, then yeah. just you could go and fast forward through a, a, basically the security camera of yeah. Two Fort, and then it's like, okay. <laughs> Oh, every time anyone dies, it it leaves that the blood and guts persistent, and then says, "Okay, yeah, yeah," Here. and the jibbed, right? Yeah, know, I guess parts. now we're the Manco cleanup crew or whatever. I think that there yeah. is um when that when the new Shadow Warrior came out, there was a Shadow Warrior yeah, that, level that yeah. was done as a piece of promotional material, and that's included. <clears throat> but um, like some kind of Santa one as well. Yeah, but it actually connecting to a game would be the most outrageous thing that yeah, could yeah, ever yeah. happen. Oh but, yeah. Uh, Multiplayer and zero G would be fucking ridiculous and stupid. <laughs> like that would probably be unmanageably be stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just being there when you're cleaning stuff and then some fucking idiot other janitor comes by and knocks over a bucket of blood in your room, you would be so mad. If you're playing multiplayer, like not zero. Oh G. yeah, it'd be infuriating. Just, oh my god, it would be infuriating the way that would be in real life. And I that's guess like, that makes it fun. Well, like I mean, that that's you'd get if people, you know, if people are invested in this in the slightest bit. It would just be what it's like when someone fucks up your Dota kill or something. Yep. And they just they just morph into like full oh, on genuine human rage. So we've found the opening act for this year's international. <laughs> <laughs> Actual viscera uh, cleanup right. like, reality TV janitorial competitions. Yeah. Where two like they use the two soundproof booths and have four people and a foreman each on the same level. They say go. <laughs> oh man. Hmm. And these are the actual Dota teams it's that are competing. A, yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> yes, you make the Dota yeah, teams do it. Yeah. Or you, or it's. I think it's more interesting <clears> if you announce the pre-roll for the international is going to be like the same with like Trick Dota, with where we're talking about about one guy controlling five guys. If you as Valve say this huge event, 
just so everyone knows, when people are getting seated in the first hour of the first day, we're going to be running uh, a four-team Viscera Cleanup Detail Ladder. So submit your demos of your <laughs> speed runs now. Like submit your shit now. Yeah, because we'll pick the, right. the best four well, groups of five, and you all get to be flown out to the international. That would team. actually be great. <laughs> That's what they do at sports games. Like in between a period, they'll have just like a goofy competition or like little league guys that just come on yeah. and like play a short little version of whatever. Right. They should just do yeah. that. Yeah. Just say this <laughs> game is going to be that game, and then it would. Yeah. The community would immediately optimize <clears> for that, and you would get a bunch of fucking people yeah. who just for God. the purpose of showing off. That's would true. Get that would actually be a really valuable yeah. usage of this software, right? Because most people, like in the hands of most people, including us, playing it is is mainly like an exercise in like momentary hilarity. Right. But you know that there would be like yeah. as there will be with any interactive software system where any element of competition is introduced, there will be people who are capable. The level of mastery of would optimize. just fly off yeah. the charts yeah, immediately yeah, yeah, yeah. if they're like, this will be screened at the international. Yep. There's a prize pool of zero dollars, but <laughs> But you get free room and board. Yep, we'll fly you to Seattle, <laughs> yeah. and you can sit in the same room that, uh, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. It would be a really cool good. guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. It would be, be the funniest thing. Time to, to, time to uh, call up Valve and make a pitch. Yeah. They're like, first port at the source. I don't think they can. No, I don't think they do either. It would be fascinating. It, By I, fascinating, I mean nothing. <clears throat> it would be the opposite of fascinating. It would just be the best. If they also then put in spectating and the ability to unfurl your community banner off your janitorial <laughs> Um I'm sure that would be pretty easy. I'm sure I'm sure that's already planned. Mm-hmm. As early access customer, uh, I have a voice in how this game that's is true. shaped. You're a co-designer. Of I that feel game. like I am in fact entitled to make this suggestion as a customer who is always right. Put, dear developers of this game, put it in the international. <laughs> Why is it not in the international? Lazy devs. You guys hear about those lazy devs who didn't put their game in the international? I did. Yeah. It's weird that this game models but, work as play for genuine fun. Yeah. I was thinking about that weird. actually when I was playing. Well, that's like how like a lot of these games, like uh, Euro Bus Simulator. Papers, Please. I guess that's true. I guess that's totally true. I was thinking about it when I was playing. Papers, Please is a little yeah, more just, like yeah, I'm, yeah. fun, like a little more gamey game. Yeah. Um, but some of those games like. A lot of the simulator games are just straight up takes on the thing. Like they're not satire. It's a yeah. This, I guess this one, clean up the tail is kind of implicitly satire, but the actual mechanics yeah. of it are just yeah. straight up. I hadn't you're doing. I hadn't had well. a game that I played that was like that until I played Quadrilateral Cowboy, actually, which is weird because hmm. that game simulates what I imagine <clears throat> being good at the fundamentals of computer programming feels like without having to actually know anything that's real about programming computers, but it had a learning curve. It had a like stress and frustration curve, and then it had a satisfying conclusion because I'd actually yeah. put real work in, but it was representative play work. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this game like feels like that, except it's way, way less fulfilling because I don't then get to be a sweet spy when it works. <laughs> yeah. I instead have a clean yep. room. But yeah, it's it's weird and terrifying that the feeling of cleaning a room in this game actually makes you as happy as it does when you clean a real room. <laughs> Except uh, you then don't get to use it. I mean, but you yeah. get the little like your brain just yeah, says, yeah. "Oh, you want a few, you want a little fairly, chemical yeah, happiness." Yeah. Uh, it's because- actually a fairly strong argument in favor of intrinsic rather than extrinsic rewards, right? Like the thing you do in the game hopefully should be yeah, if you satisfying that, in the context and then it went, of the boo, game, doo, 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 and not because there's an achievement. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I don't feel the need to clean the room in Viscera Cleanup Detail 
for a Team Fortress Completion. 2 hat yeah. uh, of the janitor squad. Although if that existed, I would fucking wear it on my guy. But um, <laughs> but that not being there is fine because, you know, the satisfaction of a job well done is enough satisfaction for me. Well said. That said, they could probably gamify this game. Dad loves like it. a sweet hat. Dad, yeah. Dad's a big fan of this game. Yep. Can you imagine the <laughs> kid complaining about how his parents won't buy a video game? Right. Oh, like, my God. Y'all buy out, this one. Check out this game. Yeah, this yeah. will really teach you some character. Yeah, this will. Like, we, we're now in his guts. <laughs> like, we're now in an era where you could just yeah, you could do that. troll your, your kids, kids yeah. like, incessantly. Because the, it's not like a traditional edutainment software where it's trying to make, an, like, disguise <laughs> an educational just, thing. It's just it more is, chores that only exist weird. inside the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But these chores are rated T for teen. Right. <laughs> Exactly. You're giving your kid age inappropriate chores. I want to play Counter Strike. Uh, clean up the level first. <laughs> once you clean up the DE dust from last right, time, you, yeah, played, you can then play again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope we didn't make this exact joke last time we talked about this game. I don't think so. I don't think so yeah. This is a way better joke than the other jokes. <laughs> There's just a version of this for everything now. Like if your yeah. kid complains about not having a car yet, you can just give them the incredibly boring driving simulator instead of the exciting driving simulator (laughs) is what it's really like there's just all like it's it's an incredibly strange entire you can't drive a a semi and a fucking freight truck until you grow up Uh, but first play this (laughs) i I I want a train to operate no but you can operate (laughs) you know train simulator i'm just imagining a parent who has an incredibly um, like unclear idea of how to discipline their child, but like these things that have like, or maybe they're just trying desperately to be the cool dad, but that's their way. Of right. Doing but they're it. not like, willing to just, just buy them halo or something. Yeah. So we are now also creating the story of the wizard Two, where a kid with what? dysfunctional parents who don't know how to raise <laughs> him, make him play all these boring <laughs> shitty games. Then valve announces that Viscera cleanup detail is in the international. And this kid has to right. leave his broken home <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. travel with to his older brother. <clears throat> yeah. To go to Seattle. Yeah. yeah. And be in the international two. I mean, international five or whatever, which mm-hmm. contains Viscera cleanup detail and Mario three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this all made sense. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it did. Yeah. Um, I played Deus Ex the Good fall. transition. I don't, know where, I don't know where to go for that. I played Mario. <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to sing that one. It's fine. Actually you saying I played Mario reminds me before we talk about this. <laughs> I am on the final dungeon finally of uh Zelda Link Between Worlds. Mm. And basically when Zach Johnson was on the podcast like months ago and he said, here's why you're wrong and stupid about Zelda because this is why it's good. Everything that he said was right. So go back to that episode and he was entirely (laughs) correct. Um, The way that the game actually opens up is is very good and feels very self-motivated and some of the dungeons actually require multiple items or emphasize items but you can get far and get things out of them with like it it's not as open and insane as mm. one might ideally try to create, mm-hmm. but functionally, the back half of that game feels really good because of the fact that what you equip on your guy is driven entirely by mm. your choice for what to buy. Yeah. Yeah. And Zach is right that it also <clears throat> does make you actually value getting rupees in a way that you never have in a, in a Zelda game. Anyway, I, I finally got back into that game. Uh, 
and just blew through like the last five dungeons in the last few days. And the whole time I was like, God damn it, Zach Johnson. But whatever. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, I, I played Mario. Buy a 3DS <laughs> um, hmm? I think I'm buying a 3DS soon. You want to borrow mine when I've completed this game? Um, I mean, I could borrow ones, but I think I'm just going to buy one. I think I'm just going to do it. Yeah. What do you, that what Mario are you Golf. About? Huh? About Mario Golf. Mario Golf? That's the thing that made me want You're it. You're saying about Mario Golf? I know. It's weird. I, <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't, th- I didn't know there was a new Mario Golf. Yeah. And it looks really good. And it, it want, makes me want that, but also to play that game. It's well. a good Zelda game. Yeah. I've seen it being played and wanted it. Still so. like the way it looks. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> um, I played Deus Ex The Fall, which is... <laughs> well, I played the Steam version of it. It's a, it's a PC port of a mobile game... Um, based on the most recent, like, main Deus Ex game, Deus Ex Human Revolution, which I, which was, like, one of my favorite games the year it came out, which, and that was developed by Eidos Montreal, and then this game was developed by some other company, N something, um, <laughs> like, nailed it. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have looked this up, huh? Um, it's, anyway, it's a, it's a newly developed game, like, it's a Unity game. As opposed to, like, whatever the, you know. Sorry, I just, I gotta say. like what? Oh, and Fusion Interactive. Some, some other company in something sounds like what you would say on a newscast when just everything goes wrong. And then there's just a clip of you on YouTube saying that. I don't know. It should be <laughs> on Unfortunately, this should be on And where it's constantly expected that we'll do this. Thing, yeah. So it's not worthy of comment. Anyway. Um, just, yeah. Yeah, it's by the studio and Fusion Interactive, which I don't, I don't, I'm not super familiar with that. I think they've done some other ports for Eidos before, or before Enix. Anyway, this is a game that's like a spin-off game of the Deus Ex, you know, like most recent one. And I'm just <clears throat> the most so, recent one is is Human Revolution. Human Revolution. And like, I'll just say right now, I don't think this game is that great. Like, I wouldn't necessarily recommend buying it unless you just want like any new Deus Ex stuff you can get, which was kind of where I was. Um, but the reason I want to bring it up is because scope wise it feels like the exact kind of thing i've wanted people to try like this is a thing i've talked about steve with a lot um which is making pc games that deliberately aim for a level of graphical fidelity that is a few years behind the curve which allows you to kind of make which would like theoretically allow you to use some of the um, like budgetary and development time windfall um, by making stuff that is a little more systemically complex and sort of in the vein of like a classic Deus Ex game. Um, because games that have a lot of interactions in them tend to have like a multiplicative effect on asset creation because you have to special case a lot of things if you want like tons of animations for everything and like all these things to like support all these different kinds of complex interactions. But if you just don't necessarily bite that all off, um, you can get away with uh, more systemic interaction than if you were concerned about like making sure your, your graphical fidelity is super tight all around. Um, And playing this game, I was initially really excited about it because it feels like that it's like, okay, someone's making basically a just slightly stripped down deus ex game without targeting like, the highest end graphics um it's but unfortunately it just carries a lot of what i presume are both limitations from just making a mobile game as well as just it's just not as tight a game as it could be overall 
like it feels very constrained by not being able to load a lot of geometry in at a time and like, you know, levels not having a lot of interconnectedness or at least not as much as you'd want in a Deus Ex game. But those don't feel like insurmountable problems to me. Like it feels like if you're making a game of roughly this scope for PC aimed at a particular audience that likes this kind of thing, you could do it in a more legitimate way. Yep. Um, and that's the only reason I wanted to bring this up. Like I, I don't really regret the time I spent playing the game, I suppose, because it did kind of still serve to me for me as like a, an existence proof of like, okay, you can make a game at this scope and like it works technically. Um, I just wish it were a better game. I don't know. Cool. I don't know. I think that's really cool. I, I've wanted someone to actually try that for a while too. Yeah. And I think it's was hamstrung by the fact <laughs> that it was a mobile game first and foremost, unfortunately. But I, but I, like, I wonder how well it did on mobile because it doesn't seem like, I mean, I didn't play the mobile version, mobile version, so I don't know how it controls, but like, I can't imagine a game like this would be super pleasant to play on a phone. Like it's a first person stealth game, essentially. Right. Um, I, hmm. I don't know. It's weird. It's strange. Um, it definitely feels like the kind of game you would be making on Steam and tar and like trying to sell for, you know, 10 to 20 bucks to people who are predisposed to liking stuff like Deus Ex, which, you know, is traditionally not assumed to be an enormous audience, but they did make a full scale Deus Ex game recently that seemed to do pretty well. And it seems like you could probably spend less money and still capture a lot of what was cool about that game and just, you know, just accept that your market is not going to be like the 10 million people who only buy stuff that is like the most explodey, pretty looking right. thing around. But you also know that a, a, a ton of the Deus Ex team has to have been animation, world art effects. Yeah, exactly. Graphics rendering. Right. Like, <clears throat> cutting... Cutting all those people out of the team. There's a bad way of phrasing that, but doing a project with a yeah, team but it, that does not require give it those to a people. smaller team in the yeah. first place. Like, yeah. um, there's something that is almost. I could be totally alone on this. I know that Steve kind of feels this way sometimes because he and I talk about this a lot. There is something that is almost refreshing about playing a game that is targeting that like mid 2000s level of fidelity on PC because since it's a PC, you can still render it at your the native resolution of your monitor. Yep. And the the actual geometry of the game is still like rendered at as high resolution it can be. Like the textures are whatever you yep. export the textures at, but like there's a level of crispness you can get to that that is totally different than like playing a, a PS2 emulated game where it's just never going to feel yep. native res unless you're unless it's in like an actual emulator that's that's um running that stuff natively. But like with PC games, you get this benefit of always being able to run them at whatever your native yep. resident is. And with, a 3D with game. PC games that looked nice then and were made in a way that they can run like that, you still get the confident art direction choices. Yeah. But it just runs really crisply. I think about that a bit too because, like, like No One Lives Forever Two is a great example of that for me. Yep. Deus Ex One doesn't hold up quite as well in that regard, but that's no, not really an inherent problem. That's just that particular game. You could make a Deus Ex like game that does hold up really well. You know. Yeah, it's, it seems like with a tool set like Unity, which, I mean, if it's a thing that Unity is good at out of the box, it is cranking out a game without batting an eye that has a f like functional aesthetic fidelity of like yeah. five years ago or whatever when that engine like, 
you know, I mean, you can get incredible looking stuff out of Unity, but without trying very hard, you can hit a fidelity level like that. Mm. But mm-hmm. it's it's interesting to think about how, or it's a thing that I think about about making a game that has the aesthetics of an like early mid two thousands game, but then finding like the one or two really cheap but striking things you can do with totally. modern technology, like mm-hmm. just whatever it is, color grading or a cheesy post effect. You can just like yeah. you can throw I think a couple a little iconic things on that. top. Yeah, I think a really good touchstone for that is Wind Waker, yep. um, which is a game that is like uh, the geo is really simplistic and the textures are very, very simplistic. But then like when things explode, you get those incredibly mm, high resolution yeah. little explosion curls, like little tiny touches like that. Yep. If they're layered on top of confident art direction, even if your actual general visual fidelity of the game is fairly low, yep. um, little things like that and will like bring everything else. Those up little touches it. are way easier to author on top of content at a level of fidelity that is like GameCube res now exactly. than they were at the time. Like those right. explosion sprites in the first Wind Waker, like they are like, you could tell how they were made, but seeing them was just it was still impressive. But to now see. we live in a world where those that is already solved. Exactly. So like it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's it seems it, easy. It feels to, like a weirdly yeah. underexplored area, which is I mean one of the only people doing it doing anything remotely like that is Brendan Chung, you know, like uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy, which you mentioned, and that is a little bit different because that's that stuff is so yep. pushed in like an abstract stylized direction. Yep. I don't think you would need to go that far. I mean, I like his stuff, but it's a different... It seems like what's coming up right now, which is weird, because I think that it's actually really expensive to execute in the way that is popular looking, is uh, imagine a Super Nintendo that had two Super FX chips plugged into it. Like, imagine (laughs) Star Fox, but with two or three times the polygons. That seems like a look that is really, really in right now. Can you think of some examples? There's a lot of... I see... I like. I keep seeing flight sims and people's like cool renderer art. Tests. Oh yeah, even like um, like enemy starfighter. Yeah, and yeah. it even seems like, with the exception of the main character, the new game by Mike Bithell, uh, volume looks like mm. that, where it's all very sort mm, of yeah. vectory, low poly, except that the human character is a really high res character, which I think is actually a good example of a game that's using deliberately lo fi art that then just has spots of incredibly realized, yeah, right. high res modern stuff that you can normal map all up the ass, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There's there's just a lot of stuff that I keep seeing right now yep. that is just like yep. heavily faceted, untextured stuff that looks like yeah. right before the PS One. But that just I think is because people are tired of pixel art, so now they're doing early shaded the next, art. The next but, retro look. But yeah. that stuff but seems it, way more expensive to me than just making a low re, like a low poly guy right. deliberately. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. games. I'm curious about the game. I I don't, I don't know <clears throat> very much about this game because he hasn't announced very much yet. But the next game from David Pittman, who made um, Eldritch, his next game, ah, I can't remember what it's called, but he's making a, like, a stealth game with a high emphasis on nonviolent interaction that I have to, like, and a lot of sort of conspiracy and surveillance stuff that I have to assume is also um, Deus Ex inspired, at least to some degree. Like, you couldn't be making a game with that, um, like... That guy, I would have to assume, is is uh, like fully aware of that of that um, lineage. But like he, some early screenshots that he's shown from development, kind of look like what I'm imagining, just in terms of the level of fidelity he's going for in the environments. But I don't know if that's just because it's uh, if they're in development shots and that's the only reason, or be, or if that's because they're actual like intended to re- intended to represent mm-hmm. you know what the style of the game is. I don't know. The game is called Die Augen der Welt. I, I don't know. 
It's just to make sure that it's very searchable. Yeah, D-I-E-A-U-G-E-N-D-E-R-W-E-L-T. Um, that is definitely a name that's intended to be shared via Hashtags, text and um, links as yeah. opposed to mentioned on a podcast, unless you're German, in which case I said it wrong anyway, so it's still not helping you. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm – like he obviously with Eldritch deliberately um, – went for a very, very low fidelity, like lower fidelity than I'm talking about here. Yep. Look, cause it was just him making that game. Um, but I'm still curious to see what this looks like. Yep. Mm-hmm. What yep. was that? Nothing. I don't recognize that Rita sound Rita. at all. There's a Rita starting up. I think. <laughs> is it? Oh really? Is that what Rita Mail sounds like? Yeah. Weird. Nick. What does Rita Mail sound like, Nick? It sounds really more decrepit than I remember. It's it's getting older. It's getting a little cynical. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. It's fine. That bird. That bird's flown for many. Oh, is that a bird noise? No. I'm just saying it's metaphorical bird. Metaphorical bird. bird. The metaphorical bird. (laughs) Oh, there Uh, is robot news, but I think I feel like everyone knows about this robot news. Wait, what is it? Have you guys seen the little micro robots? No. No. Oh man, they're tiny. It's these little tiny <laughs> robots that are con- that they're confined- micro machines. They're confined to magnetic surfaces. They just look like a little like Ugh. metal chip, like a little like a little like square cut out of a soda can. But they can be fit with like very primitive tools, uh, and they can go and pick things up. Like they just sort of slide around on magnetic surfaces, but they can execute very simple mechanical maneuvers. I don't know how to explain it. Whatever. Don't worry about it. Are There's... they capable of laying down their own magnetic surface in front of them? Is that one of the simple Oh, and can they move like the Gumby they, train? They, I don't they, know if can they can. they just <laughs> eventually coat our planet with magnetic surfacing that they can then... I haven't thought of that, but I hope so. I think that... I think they... I don't <laughs> if know. If these things can create enough of each other and magnetic surfacing, it seems like our fate is sealed. <laughs> I don't know anything about them, but that's the first thing that pops into my they're mind. They're just little guys. We don't even. Yeah, that's, yeah, look. yeah they're like adorable. They're just little guys. Why would you worry about no, okay. it? It's Actually, okay, Actually, okay. So the that. video that's is the video is perfect because the video starts off with they are just little guys. Where you see, look, there's just two little dots moving oh, around on a little uh, magnetic surface. God, they're so yeah. fast. Oh no, no, no! That's not. See, this is the thing. This is they're just little guys. Where you see them moving around, and then it shows how fast they actually are capable of moving. Oh my god, are you no! kidding me? They're moving no! so fast that you can't even they see them They in fact motion blur from one side of the strip to the other at We're 30 frames so, a second. We are actually, this is the oh, first, and, I'm just look, there's say one it. slipping up a wall on, that's also cut with the magnetic surface. I'm going to say it right now, this is the there's first, one, this is the first robot news that's actually disturbed me. Okay, in, wait until I show way. them building a small that bridge is, This is parts. the first one where I felt like, oh yeah, this is the end. <laughs> Oh no! Here, here, here's them using simple tools, including they have a little pot of glue that they can learning use to, to stick use things tools. To things. This is, is why, like, like the first all, step like, to like, sentience, yeah. right? It's like one of the things. Like science fiction the second robot stuff, places a drop of glue on the say. substance to like hold. The first step to intelligence, or <laughs> like something. the big plotting robots in movies, or like probably even like that movie Transcendence. I'm sure. Like I know, like a oh, they're building a ladder. Like, ugh. Here, let me just go. Everything oh, is always building like a weapon. slowly crystallizing, like AI or whatever. This is a very slow thing. That's not how it's going to happen. It's going to be that shit. It's going to happen <laughs> so fast you won't even know what happened. <laughs> like you'll just, it, it'll be like a, a bullet to the brain. Except it'll be a thousand machines just encasing your body in a cocoon. You, you will like the subtitle to this video: encasing your brain and the rest of your body. Yeah, it says. Well, it's showing robots building a small bridge. <laughs> Which I think, oh, I imagine God they could, they could, they could probably line with magnetic surface and move across. It says, uh, uh, hold on, let's see here. 
I started um, to say like thirty years tops for this, like what until our for the singularity for the end. <laughs> yeah, there are there are those who welcome the singularity. Are, are there? There are. I knew a, a programmer at Irrational who went to um, the Singularity Conference in Berkeley every year. Like she was super into like preparing yeah. for the singularity. She was like a really cool person and she was not like a weird, like impossible dork. Sure. Uh, but like the same way that people she would like, prepare for aliens, but like she was excited about it though. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. people are excited about aliens until the, you know, the independence day laser then comes you need down to, and blows you need up. To your... Then show them this video of small robots building things. Yeah. The glue robot extracts a droplet of glue from the <gasps> oh, white glue. Well, I hate that they have classes. and applies it to the work surface, a cross joint of a partly constructed cubic truss. This is just fast lemmings. Look, look at this little bridge that these guys are building. This is, you can't just keep showing us videos. I can't see it. I don't like that. I can't see it. This little, oh, you won't be able to see them in life. Any, yeah, yeah, no, they're moving it's, too fast for like, your eyes oh, to perceive. They're just building a staircase into your, like, look, there is, heart, the, there is the bridge that the robots it. built holding up a Q, a kilogram of weight oh fuck <laughs> it's fine they're just little things how much, that can is, it, move. How much is a human corpse weigh <laughs> how many of these little robots would it take to move a body out of a room <laughs> if you die and you realize that you've died like do not die on a bumper car track god <laughs> because <laughs> i'm actually just... really disturbed a million little like, like hole punches off of soda cans will come up, go underneath your uh, body like ants, and then yeah. you won't be carried away. Your body will be torn apart into six pe- discrete right. pieces, which are all funneled away into little pipes. And then the sad jan- janitor comes up and mops <laughs> up the blood. Uh, the janitor is also a robot. It's in this a case. robot, though. <laughs> and he's like, oh, cool, de reveal. dust. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that robot news happened. Uh, also, oh, thanks, so Aaron Field, for so sending that in. I saw that video last week and was really sad by it. That's really, really good. Oh, multiple people have sent that in. Um, um, I don't like that. Also, every week now there's a video of a new terrifying robot. Yeah, it's and it's, even, it's only going to get faster. It's not even a joke. It's going to be every day. We're going to have to do a whole podcast on this. No, we won't. We'll be we, dead. we already basically do. We basically do. Um, for by people who it, aren't turning into Potato Day. Yeah. Uh, okay, do you want to do some reader mail? Mega McCheese from the, from some of the remaining humans still I on this planet. Yeah, I mean, what's the point? Um, <laughs> Nick Critz Blackburn Blackburn writes, "Hello, an episode 154, super name. good." Jake asked if people on NeoGaf get together for meetups. The Australian sub community OSGAF has had countless meetups ac- across the east coast of Australia. We do state by state meetups when possible. Um, we also had the first national meetup at PAX Australia last year. Most of us who went to PAX didn't care much for the event itself, but we saw it as an excuse to get 20 or 30 of us together in a room and goof off for a weekend of board games and drinking. There have been a bunch of real-world friendships made from OSCAF, a few clashes of personalities, and a range of weird social interactions. Mostly we just drink beer and talk about Dota 2. Um, and for the record, they're called Thongs Fuck South Australia. What does that mean? Regards, Mac Blackburn, <laughs> Internet Man. What? Is that some weird call-out to someone who's going to know what he's talking about on OSCAF? What is he? What is it? He said, and for the record, they're called Thongs Fuck South Australia. Well, next email. Just wanted to, sorry, I just want to see if I could just say that weird <laughs> phrase yeah. that means nothing. This is when we should also say hi to the Osgaf thread on NeoGaf. Oh, yeah. Oh, hi, hi. Um, Matthew Massier says, hey, Thumbs, every so often you guys get floated the question, how does someone get into the industry? And it's always a challenge to answer since each of your experiences has been varied and a little off the beaten path. So my question instead is, 
Do you need to get internet? Do you need to be internet famous to get funding for a project? I know it's not black and white, and having any re- recognition only serves to help. However, I'm seeing more and more indie publishers helping developers with Kickstarters that increase the chance of success. Have the days of out of the blue developers with a great idea funding are uh, getting funding left us? Would you have suggestions for aspiring indie devs with no internet visibility or recognition? I wouldn't even even know where to begin to get out there. Thanks for reading, um, and I appreciate any discussion or thoughts you'd have to share on the like subject, Matt just, Messer. It seems like it's totally possible. It seems like you just have to have something that catches somebody's attention. Yeah, I don't know if it's just... more or less likely than it's ever been, or at least right now, I don't know if it's more or less likely than it was a few years ago. It seems like it was just always nearly impossible. Yeah, for sure. But whenever a new avenue for undiscovered yeah. people or for undiscovered projects to get funded appear, they become mm-hmm. really notable, and then a bunch of other people move in on them. Right. But the presence of a bunch of other known commodities using those platforms probably doesn't mean a whole lot other than it was a new way for you to, for a second, notice a bunch of unknown things getting discovered and funded. I mean, I think it's clear that in the last yeah. 10 years more unknown things are being discovered yeah, and funded than were sure. 10 years Versus prior. Versus 10 years ago, your chances are well, way higher. It's just like, that it's, there's well, also so many more unknown people with I think the, what you're saying, making though, like, the attempt to yeah. get known. But you're talking about like like the gaming section on Kickstarter or like Steam Greenlight. The first couple of months of that, right. everybody it's, who's it on that like, service is the thing that gets It seems like those things get seen, six months of, now holy just, shit, yeah, and then right. like, uh, and right. then now Brian Fargo's there, or you know, yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, it feels that's like always the case with yeah. Everything, it feels like, like stuff it. like there are examples such as games like FTL that yes. just had a Kickstarter video that just was so compelling that even though I don't like I I know people who had who know like Brian Ma and stuff, but those like those guys are not known names. Like they're known to some people in the industry because they've worked with them before, but they're not. Like, yeah. I don't think they had but, in any way a public brand prior to FTL. I think the and I question think it was, was though, only like, based on what they had to show for right, themselves. Right, but if they were to do it today, I think the question would be, would I it think, ever save as much attention? And I think the answer is probably still like it, nearly as much. It depends. Yeah, I, th- I, I think, think probably almost as much. I yeah, think, like, I think that it is still a matter of the right time and the right place. Like the exact game FTL were it to appear now. <clears throat> would probably have a less good chance of getting picked up on Kickstarter, but a completely different game by a completely different unknown group of people. That was equally compelling. Right. Might have a chance yeah. of like getting a steam green light campaign that gets enough sure. traffic. That's some weird company. Like when, when you're saying that, are you saying that because there have been, I'm saying this kind of a surfeit of space games and similar. And, of and the specifics of a strong Kickstarter video from an unknown at this exact moment in time is probably mm-hmm. less likely sure. than it was like around the time that broken age was coming out right. or was sure. being announced. Sure. Whereas like, I actually don't know what it is right now, but it feels like for a bit, getting a ton of Steam Greenlight uh, noise meant that you had the ability to potentially attract funding or to flip yeah. that into another fundraising campaign in a way that, uh, like when, like I guess it was two two years ago now or a year and a half ago when Broken Age was on Kickstarter. Two About years. Two years ago, yeah. Wow. Like that was a time Jeez. when it feels like so many eyes were on that service for mm-hmm. a few months that you could mm-hmm. just on the power of your of your video get get funding, but it feels like. There's places where people are looking for that stuff at at all times, but they're not necessarily the same. And because the different right. places are the same, that probably means that different types of games and different types of ideas are going to be the ones that are more likely to bubble up at a particular time. Mm-hmm. But for sure, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think something like Hyperlight Drifter is analogous to FTL. Like it felt like the same level of success. The Where same did Hyperlight Drifter of, come from? Same kind of presentation. It came from well, the first time I saw it was like the night before the Kickstarter, and it was just a guy posting his art on TIG Source and saying like, "This is a game I'm involved in. It's gonna be mm-hmm. here. It is." 
And then the next day they just put the Kickstarter up. I mean, there was no pre, you know. I think the thing is you have to have something. You've got to have something that tangible. Is immediate, tangible and also like it needs to be able to be attractive with something that can be shared on like yep. Imager or Reddit yeah, yeah, or something. Totally. Like it needs to be able to not, you don't have, you have to not be able to not have to watch the entire Kickstarter video right. to understand why it's compelling. But it feels to me like yeah. one the, animated GIF of that game and people were sold. The on specifics it. of what yeah, people yeah, are yeah. actually yep. going to respond to and the specifics of how you can get that message out seems so tumultuous. Like I have no way to track that mentally. It's just sort of a bunch of things are spinning around and a, a couple of weird things on the internet collide in such a way that I notice it and go, Oh cool. That looks so cool. Yeah. And if that happens to happen, like if your timing is right and if your idea is compelling enough, it happens, but it feels like it is yeah. your pitch being cool plus infinite cosmic combinations of where people are looking already and where people are about to look tomorrow. And, you know, like for like people don't troll Kickstarter for stuff the way that they did two years ago. Yeah. But yeah. like that, but they. I think Chris is right. I think if you yeah. package it in a way that is transportable to social media, to a blog post or whatever. Yeah. That's just the way to do it. Just to but make sure that people can. Even that's not a thing. You rather can totally, than having to go to Kickstarter. You can't all, you can optimize for it, but you can't engineer it. Well, right. Of course you can't engineer the success of it, but you can engineer the like assets themselves and give them the possibility to, yep. you, know, you know what I mean? But yeah, you can't ensure that anything's going to happen. Obviously I'm just saying it feels like the ones that become yeah. successful. That is like a prerequisite, you know, it's yeah. like the ability to be shared in that way. Yeah. Um, like, I think that, I think it, or like, and you know, getting... Obviously, a, just plus all the other elements that are there, the the true true for any idea, which is just, even if you think you're, that your thing is cool and you think you have compelling image imagery and a compelling pitch, it also has to just, your combination of ideas has to be one that resonates with a shitload of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. For sure. Yeah. That's hard. Yes. <laughs> And not always, like, engineerable or predictable, I don't think. Probably not, no. I mean, I don't know. No. I think most of that stuff seems like a no-brainer in retrospect, but actually is not when you're trying to sit Well, like, there was that other game that was coming out right around the same time as FTL that looked way nicer aesthetically. That was that sort of isometric starship bridge management thing. Oh, I don't remember. Hmm. It looked like old Star Trek. Remember that? So there's something there's something out there's an isometric there's an isometric pixel art thing with a bunch of people on a bridge and it looked very much like old star trek and it came out right around the same mm. time as ftl or it was announced around the same time as F ftl it looked like 60s star trek oh the pixel art one yeah star command was that star command yeah that's what you're talking i think that's what you're talking man about. okay the images that were out around the same time as ftl everything looked very small compared to what i picture is when i think of star command now but maybe that's not true oh maybe, maybe i'm thinking of a different thing i, I don't, don't know. know but anyway yeah um I saw those like within a day of each other, and if I had been asked to point at which one was going to blow up and would be the thing everyone talked about forever, I would have easily said the game that was not FTL, despite mm. the fact that FTL looked mechanically compelling. Right, right, right. They both looked mechanically compelling, and but one of them just looked like a very fully realized idea. Well, as far as a packageable, digestible first blush. FTL but, also, I think, included early access that day that they went up on Kickstarter, right? Like that was a like, oh right, and that's a that's a pretty significant thing. The fact that you can yeah. download that's actually the reason why I funded it. Just you know, having knowing nothing about it, I was like, oh, I'll check this game out. I give him fifteen bucks and check it out because I want to yeah. play it right now. So I played how it that, right How then. did that work for people? Were there presumably there are people who just canceled their pledge and kept the game, right? Because um, there's nothing stopping. You I mean, there's nothing that. stopping people. Oh, from it was Star Command. Either at that point. Yeah. Sorry, that other game was Star Command. I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure, sure it was relentlessly pirated. But yeah, 
That's <clears> probably true. Yeah. But pirating is different than someone actually claiming they're going to give you money than sure. sending that money. You know what I sure. mean? Like, yeah. that's, that's a different thing. Also, I'm sure uh, now that I actually, it may have, it may have been, it may have, they may have released the download after the month, but I actually don't think that was the case. Doesn't anyway, yeah, whatever. whatever. It was clearly yeah. very much a game that was about to be played now. Also, sorry yeah. if I was rude to Starkerman because I'm sure. So wait, it, the game you're thinking of was Starkman. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, there's yeah. a billion people who play that game, but it doesn't seem yeah. like it captured people the way that FTL did. Also, that game ha- ended up having to do a second Kickstarter campaign. Like, that game had a weird... Yeah. I'm not sure what the current state of it is. Um, I think it came out on mobile, maybe? Um, it was It was just my example that it was very... It was At the at that moment, those games looked functionally similar, mm. and FTL is a very different game, but... Mm-hmm. I didn't expect that to be the game that now everyone is super excited two years later that it's on iOS and are playing the game over again and has huge content packs that are blowing up and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I played some more of the um, FTL expansion. It's really cool. There's a bunch of cool stuff in there, like charge guns and like all these like different kinds of weapons. It's it's as with last week, it's still kind of hard to talk about as like a big monolithic expansion pack because the stuff is just all seeded yeah. into the game. But it is really cool to just play through and just come across new stuff. I keep having this problem where I come across something and I'm like, is this new or do I just not remember this? <laughs> yeah, I had that same, like I opened it up for 30 seconds yeah. and just immediately closed it because I realized that I, my brain hadn't hit the point at which I want to play more FTL because I played so much of it. I know, I did too. <laughs> but I will eventually go back to that game. But I did notice like little tiny things like now you can hover over a star that is further away from you. Oh, and it shows you, can, you the jump it, pads. It shows you the jump yeah. pads, which is something I actually asked them for over Twitter like a year <laughs> nice. and a half ago. And they're like, yeah, we're working on it. Nice. Now it's in the game finally. And I was yeah. like, fuck, also, you can, you can, um, when your crew is in like a set of positions you want, you can like set waypoints at that setup and then click a button and they will all walk back to those waypoints. Oh, that's nice. So like after you've moved them all around your ship to deal with the combat encounter yeah, or like good. repairing stuff, you just hit that button and they all go back to oh, their man, standard that's points. Really fucking good. Yeah, it's really good. To go back to this guy's original email question, I didn't say it because I felt like it goes without saying, but it absolutely does not. If you are a known commodity on any axis, it is oh. measurably easier to get any of this shit to work for you. Oh, yeah, like, that's for dumb sure. to to say and dumb to not say, but like I'm not, I wasn't trying to say like oh it's so like it's not fucking hard for everyone on it's any still, anything resembling equal it's measure. Still hard it's still for fucking everyone, hard for but it's everyone. It's a lot harder for some people. But like yes, it definitely. is a ramp that is probably an exponential ramp of difficulty. Yeah, yep. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but definitely. Like I don't know. I am not the person to talk about this, but it does seem like the the minimum the bare minimum that you should be doing if you're in that position is to get on forums it seems like there are a lot of forums, forums are the biggest thing I forums think, seem like this. the thing that you do you go on tick source you go on just go on the idle thumbs forum and the unity stuff and just talk to people about your game like just you know like those are the people who yeah, will not, not in a shilly way not in a shilly way but like, in but like to genuinely way. engage yeah, with that community right, right, people right. will get into it yeah, yeah. and like it's, they seem really supportive and it seems like if you know a big outlet yeah. isn't going to retweet your tweet those guys will like go to forums just, and use them as a resource you know, like go yeah. to go into communities and ask them genuine relevant questions that you yourself are seeking answers to about a game that you're working on don't mm-hmm. ask do you like my game or <laughs> right like, yeah. you know yeah but like become part of the community and be the person who's known for working on this game yeah. like if you're the person who's like constantly sharing like cool development things and like asking for questions and being a helpful part of the community yourself like you will just become known as the person who's working on this cool indie game and when you're finally ready to like go public with it there will be other people other developers who are other like, journalists and just other yeah. people 
on who already know about it and yeah. who want you to succeed because they yep. like value you as a member of this community. Like that's yep. so important. Um, yep. Yeah, really, really point, important. You just have to put yourself out there. Yeah. No matter sure. what the avenue yeah. is. And that you should be doing that before you like publicly announce your thing. I mean oh, like, yeah, totally. cause also the other, the, I mean, this is, you know, it's obviously more beneficial to already be well known, but one like advantage of not yet being well known is that you can talk about all that stuff pretty yeah. much completely openly in places like that without worrying about whether you're like spoiling too much early in public because you're not going to get any press coverage and yeah, just based on your forum posts initially. Yeah. Like Rem- remembering that in fact, nobody cares is I think harder to remember when you've already shipped content and people know who yeah. you are. Yeah. 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 It is a, it, it is, is a, a strange, gross reminder. All of it them. No strange, one gives a fuck. Right. So yeah. just go and harass everyone about everything online. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like, Show people your content. Ask people questions because they don't care. You're not actually spoiling anything. There is an upside to being entirely fearless because you don't know what to fear yet. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Yeah. And that becomes increasingly hard to force, I think. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Well, that was a podcast. Mm -hmm. Cool. Oh, was that a podcast? I guess. (laughs) You could claim it was. Um, The store. Yeah. Um, go to that store. <laughs> There's an idle thumb store. Go to it. Yeah, store.idlethumbs.net. There it is. Store.idlethumbs.net. We have a new. We have all that stuff down there now. Every time I'm going to say something specific, you're going to say something general. Apparently, I'm, I'm like, like we have a new T-shirt. Like we got new shirts. Yeah, the URL store. Hey, uh, whatever. No one else is starting this up. <laughs> cool guys, you're really good at this. As you may have heard last week, and perhaps the week before, we have a store at store.idlethumbs.net. It contains a lot of the stuff from our Kickstarter, although we are now out of the Idle Thumbs vinyl EPs, unless you're a Kickstarter backer, in which case we're still holding yours, so please pick it up if you're a backer. Or tell us you don't want it. Or tell us you don't want it, which is totally fine. You can still, if you don't want the EP and you're a Kickstarter backer, um, we can still give you a download code to the MP3s uh, Mm -hmm. or FLAC. Um, and then you can totally burn your own bootleg CD that's like lossless quality. It's a better thing <laughs> than the vinyl. Um, you can burn it to DVD audio. And it would be worthless because we didn't record it in you that could, fidelity. Yeah, you <laughs> could burn it to SACD. Mm-hmm. What is that? Wasn't oh, that, yeah. Wasn't super, that audio super audio CD. Oh, it's like yeah, it's, oh, it's super good. CD. Oh, man. So you could also probably transcode like it from audio. FLAC to MP3 Plus or MP3 Pro <laughs> or whatever that format was. Yeah. Like two MP3 players supported. Um, but also we have a new T-shirt up which is called Idle Vice. It's frustratingly called Idle Vice. Uh, and it's a, like, hot pink, uh, or I guess, like, uh, coral color with, uh, like, a sort of bright blue version of the Idle Thumbs logo on it. It looks incredibly 80s and is good. Um, it was the one that won the vote we put up a couple weeks ago for T-shirts, and um, a lot of people are getting them, which is good. So I hope that yeah, it well, won- we haven't gotten them. People haven't gotten them yet. No, a lot people of people are ordering them. They're yet. still being manufactured. We're, we're, yeah, we're printing. They're getting manufactured this but week. But it's um, now my life dream to walk past someone on the street who's wearing that fucking thing because it's bold on its own. But it's my hope now that someone who's actually more fashion conscious than any of us bought that shirt because they saw it as an opportunity. Uh, because I don't know how I'm gonna wear it. I will, and I'll just look like me wearing a pink T-shirt. But hopefully, I see someone really stylish wearing it, and it you can totally pull it off cool. in a, in yeah. a more yeah, um, in a, with more panache. Um, yeah. Also, if you want the if you want to buy the Idle Thumbs digital album or the new Theme One Hundred and Fifty, 
You can just buy those normally as digital files at idlethumbs.bandcamp.com. Yes. Video games. We should also once again thank Loot Crate for sponsoring this episode. Once again, Loot Crate is that subscription service that will send you a box of sort of interesting uh, geek and game items. If you go to lootcrate.com slash thumbs and use the promo code thumbs, you'll get 10% off any uh, Loot Crate subscription. Cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Real ad nice. in the midst of our uh, interesting, <clears throat> our stumbling, our interesting ad. content. <laughs> yeah, this loot crate figurine smells like a Happy Meal to me. It has the exact same smell as the Land Before Time figurines that I received in a Happy Meal, probably circa <laughs> 1986. It's giving me an insane flashback Ratatouille moment. <laughs> anyway, the best thing that could ever appear in a loot crate would be an. Uh, a replica of an old Burger King Star Wars glass. Oh, God. Yes. That was Burger King, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be probably... Jurassic Park plastic cup. That was my that was my Star Wars glass. Sorry. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this too much because Loot Crate is a, is a sponsor of this show, but, like, okay, actually, fuck it. Loot Crate has already got this going on, so the Loot Crate spinoff yeah. that is just the same... They already have all this infrastructure up. Oh, my God. License. You're hypothesizing that this is not a real thing, what you're talking no, about. No, what they should do is license vintage Happy Meal toys and vintage Burger King oh, Kids man. Club toys yeah. and be like, okay. Oh, Burger King's Kids Club. Wow, what crazy. Yeah. yeah. What? I just forgot that. Well, I like, haven't heard that phrase spoken. Whatever. Like so it years. is like this month. <laughs> like you wouldn't want to announce, you wouldn't want to do it as blind box style as they do it, but you'd want to be like, get in because this is reprint of Land Before Time Happy or Meal final toys. remaining stock from a crazy warehouse. Oh, but no, because what you Ugh. want is the the one that would like if you're opening salvo is yeah. McDonald's Mario Brothers toys. Right. Oh my god. No. <laughs> oh the Goomba, the wind up Goomba. Yeah. See? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Licensing and, oh, and then no. remanufacturing those exact toys. Oh, I would buy them. Because the box could be branded like a fucking nineteen eighty nine Happy Meal or whatever. Oh, it's gross. Anyway, I would, whatever. Oh. It would be it would oh. I was gonna say that it would be tough because the um the toys might be owned by all the different ha- uh, fast food companies, but they might not be. It'd be yeah. yeah who knows? Those those licensing rights may have reverted. Yeah, but the I'm license, sure, yeah. but the ownership of those specific toys might still. Right. Anyway, those whatever. This is a, what are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> um, I basically just want uh, want a wind up Goomba. The wind up Goomba. I think I have a wind up Goomba somewhere. You son of a bitch. I'm gonna find it. But yeah, this week you get. Uh, I mean, you could blind box the Burger King Star Wars glasses. People still go for that, but yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about. Anyway, whatever. Um, honestly, that description right there is probably the closest experience to what this is actually uh, like as a subscriber, except minus the literal nostalgia of getting Land Before Time 2 toys or whatever. It's true. Land Before Time 5 direct VHS probably didn't get Happy Meal toys. That's the one you start with. That's the easy get. <laughs> right. Sometimes that stuff does, though. I think a lot of those, like, weird seventh of them Disney spinoffs end up... No, they do. Like, tinker, weird Tinkerbell movies yeah, end like up getting... Yeah, Wendy's Kids like, Meal gets yeah. those, though. Yeah. Do they still do Happy Meals with toys? I'm sure they do, but like yeah. Land Before Time Seven, you're they? only like you won't even get with like the Carl's Jr. Maybe not Happy Land Meal, of Times. You get with the Green Burrito Maybe Kids not. Meal. <laughs> <laughs> the green burrito, like the summer uh, Green Burrito. Album. I loved Green Burrito when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Green Burrito's good. I don't know if it's good, but I loved it when it's I was not, a kid. It's not good. We you, went there. Nick and I went, we went there, there when we drove to Portland. And you said I went, to, I went green there all the time. Okay, sorry, that's and then true. I had because a like Super Burrito and wanted to die. I'm still glad we did that. Fuck off. I mean, I'm sure you are. <laughs> you, 
I still like Jack in the Box tacos, and I still like. I haven't had a Jack in the Box taco in years. You had the you had the simulated Jack in the Box taco at the parkside. Even next more disgusting us, one. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. What are we doing? What is this video I game? I think we're probably done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I'm assuming that song is going to be in there. Probably.